Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. This is our, uh, I guess, episode one, our first discussion. Uh, Brian, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, this is Brian here. Uh, you know, welcome to the show. You know, I'm excited to uh, you know do our first uh, actual movie. So you know, let's let's get into it. Yeah, like, and discuss as discussed last episode um, this week. <coughs> excuse me. Um, we're gonna do recommend recommendations each episode, and this week it was my recommendation, and I um I picked a movie very dear to me. Uh, George A. Ramirez, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Um, this movie resonates very uh, deep with me. It's very special to me uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, this film was the first one that actually got me started in loving uh, film, really. Uh, I don't know what about this movie. I saw it when I was around 13 or so, and I just remember thinking... Wow, this is so cool. I guess it was the idea of um, being in a shopping mall, just that kind of captivated my teenage mind. But um, I don't know. It just, I it just, I really loved it. And I saw, I saw it on YouTube. I remember, I remember looking it up, and I loved it. And and then I was just a few years past. And I remember this might uh, be a shock to some. I remember I went to a Borders. Uh, the uh, bookstore. It's out of business now. I remember just browsing the movie section, just killing time. And I remember I saw Dawn of the Dead, and I was like, I need this movie. And sure enough, I bought it, brought it home. Uh, I think I bought Day of the Dead as well. And a few months went by, and I was like, you know, I started a movie collection. And here we are, uh, many er, many years later. Collection is still going, kicking strong. It's around 300 at this point. And yeah, this and this film is just really resonates deep with me. So I'm very excited to talk about it, and I think it's appropriate that this is the first film we discuss. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just. I get. Well, it's your. You recommended it, so. Okay. I'm kind of along for the ride, you know. Yes. Okay. So, I also picked this movie. Also, I mean, for the reasons that it. Um, is very uh, near and dear to me, but also because Brian wasn't as, uh, he hasn't seen this movie as many times as I have. I have uh, bought this movie uh, on multiple faceted things. For example, uh, I have all the cuts of the movie, the European, extended, and <clears throat> a U.S. theatrical cut, and that comes with like the box set. Yes, I, I bought the box set, which comes with documentaries, and it's awesome. Um, but for this review or discussion, I should say we're only going to, we're going to be uh, talking about the uh, U.S. theatrical release. Uh, the other cuts um, add they they add different things to the film. But yeah, because I'm really curious. I've I haven't like I guess uh, I'm not going to talk it's, too it's much about nothing, it. But. It's nothing too much. It's kind of like small things extended. Kind of ex- obviously extends some steam. I guess when we get to the scenes, you can just yeah. I was gonna it. I was gonna say once we get to them, I'll 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 point them out. But, um, but yeah, so let's 
jump right into I it. I guess first things first, though, I guess obviously, spoiler alert, Yes. You know, th- that kind of comes with the territory. So, I mean, just saying that, get it out of the way. So, yeah. now, well, uh, just like Brian was saying, spoilers are ahead. Um, if for you have a whole se- podcast, pretty much. Like, yes. <laughs> every episode we're going to do. But we're, you, we'll say it before. If you haven't seen the film, I recommend you stop this, see the film, and then come back. Because um, we're going to be spoiling the film. So, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, I guess... A basic, basic plot summary is basically four survivors of the zombie apocalypse seek shelter in a shopping mall. Is that accurate, Brian? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much, that's, a, that's the bare basic plot. And shenanigans and, you know, battles are fought. Yes. So, uh, we came prepared for this film, took a lot of notes, um, yeah. took a lot of in-depth notes for this. But, so, film, Dawn of the Dead... Director George Romero came out in 1978, and it's starring David Amedge, Ken Four, uh, Scott uh, Reiniger, and Galen Ross. So, I guess we'll just jump right into the film. So, uh, Brian, do you have any? Before we get into the film, do you have any? Um, or did you have any thoughts? Like when I when I said we're watching Dawn like of the Dead, like going into it, what? Like going into the movie? Like yes, thinking? going into the film. When I said we were watching Dawn of the Dead, what were your I guess, preconceptions about the film. Uh, well, I haven't seen it since, like, uh, I was a sophomore in high school, so, you know, uh, that's, what, like, five years, something like that? Um, I mean, I, at the first time I saw it, I mean, I liked it, but, I mean, I didn't really, I wasn't really into, like, cinema or film that much, like, I liked it, but, like, I didn't really think too much about it, and I haven't really, I didn't, I haven't really planned on seeing it again, I guess, it just never really resonated with me, but, um... I knew, like, that George Romero, like, who he was, you know, this is the guy for zombies, and, um, and so I went into it, you know, um, you know, it's really, I actually wrote a note about this, it's really, like, hard going into it, like, in this post-Walking Dead kind of, like, society that we're in, in, in terms of, like, even just, like, the zombie practical effects, and, um, especially the gore, so it kind of, like, I knew going into it that it was going to be, like, you know, a little on the cheesy side of, like, gore and, like, effects, but that really is kind of, like, the charm of the it's movie. It's, like, old-school horror. Yeah, actually. exactly. It's kind of, like, that's, it's simple. It's, like, simplicity, it makes it, you know, heightens it to a degree. I mean, we also, in the time, this gore was essentially what, I don't know what, I guess, the new horror is today, where it's, like, over-the-top gore, because this film... It, I, I've listened to the commentary tracks a lot, and the theatrical one is probably one of my favorite ones because it has Tom Savini, um, the head makeup uh, artist, uh, George Romero and his wife, and they and uh, they're obviously the the main filmmakers, and they had said that they kind of had like psycho esque like screenings where um, people would be like screaming and running out of the theater, and just like just get nauseous and sick and mm, just like that's really oh, that's man. really interesting and it's just i like, mean to be fair that they I mean they did the same thing with jaws it's just i think just the how gore is presented today it's drastically different than it was we're desensitized yeah we are uh, nation i mean, I mean like society i, mean, I don't I think, say nation society I mean, look at the walking dead like they show you know not only like full decapitations, but I remember like the most gruesome death I ever saw that made me wince. Because I have a thing with teeth. Is like they bash zombies' jaws in and teeth with rocks, and I'm like, they're yeah. showing this on like primetime TV. I'm like, oh, there's crap. also yeah, it's also amazing. I mean, it's going back to the Walking Dead. I mean, there's another scene. One of my fa- I mean, I've fallen out of the show, but my favorite death in that show was um, they were taking uh, a location, and 
this this zombie comes at them in full like um police gear and they have a gas mask on. Oh yeah. And Rick kicks him down, rips off the gas mask mask, and it's just the <laughs> face goes with the mask, and you see oh, that was gross, um awesome. just a, a a skull like rah, 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 and I'm like wow that was awesome but, and i remember vividly seeing that and it's just like wow i can't believe that that was shown on tv but that also goes into i guess american culture where you can't show a boob on the screen or any sexual thing well, you can't say fuck but you can show decapitated heads and whatnot i think it's very <laughs> yes but we're, we're getting off getting off tangent back to uh, kind of i went into the movie high expectations you know looking to have a good time yeah so uh, with that in mind uh, old school horror. Let's let's start with the very the opener. It's a red like shag carpet, but it's red. And I and I took the note. It's like is that foreboding for what's? Oh, I, to I was come? like it's totally setting the mood. And it, and it zooms back, and it's uh, Galen Ross, uh, the character of Fran. Um, she's having a nightmare, and it's and she's like ah, she's wincing it, and uh, it's so it's her having a nightmare. Um, Offset with this red background, and then Dawn of the Dead appears on the bottom with that really good theme music. Yes, that's another thing about this. As the film progresses, the music I, I've took I've taken many notes yeah, on, the, me, on the music. Me too. I like this the, the the score in this movie is so simple, but that, that's in cinema. Like the most simple score. I mean, take Halloween for example. I mean, it's the most simple score is the most like powerful, chilling and effective. Resonating. So that's like I feel like that is um is here, which is like it's like a single note, like wah, and then and it's like like it's like very. I think I wrote the note that it's very like driving, and it's like a heartbeat. I think I think that I'm thinking of the right kind of tempo to it. Yeah, it's very I, it's very like quick or not quick, but you know very driving, like I just said, and it really sets the mood and. Especially, it's ramping up the tension. At least, especially for this really good first scene. And, and we're ten seconds in the film, and you're and we're already like engrossed. So, uh, Fran is having a nightmare, and she wakes up, and um, I think the first lines of dialogue is like, "Oh, the shit's really hitting the fan," and it's all it's quiet. She's in a sound booth. She's it turns out she's in a, on a radio or not a radio, a TV station, and the door opens and it goes from silent to just mass chaos which i think is the main gist of this entire opening segment oh, it's yeah. just mass chaos and <clears throat> no one understands what's going yeah, on it's so a, it's supposed to like represent at least what i saw is like the total breakdown or like the starting of the breakdown of, t- of society and i um and also it's it's actually like a perfect exposition like what better way uh, yeah than i have to exposition have, in yeah, exactly notes. what better way to have like to have a, uh, to, like, we're tuning into the show, and it's, like, they're laying out, like, these clear-cut rules of a zombie, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. like, of what's gonna happen in the, in the, in the film. Yeah, so, what I got, so the door's open, and it's just going to the chaos, it's just people speaking, nothing's really definite, it's, uh, in the scene, also, uh, right when she leaves, um, you have George Romero, his cameo, he's, uh, and his wife, one of the- right? What? Isn't that his wife? Isn't that yes, and his wife. Uh, right next there, they're talking, having arguments, um, and and they're like the only clear voices you can hear for a brief time. But it's just mass chaos, and and like again, nothing's definite. And even even the TV, uh, like the the debate that is going on is is kind of heard in the background, except when Ramiro wants you to hear, which is the exposition. Which so, is the rules, pretty so much. So, for the exposition that I have, 
um, that I think is pretty important is that we are three weeks into the zombie apocalypse. It's it's such a dropped line, but I've seen the movie so many times. I've I actually picked it up. Yeah, this I think time. I picked it up too, but didn't. Because he's because it's it's very quick, and again, it's one of those things that you can kind of hear, but you can't. He says you've ignored the problem for three weeks. So this thing's been going on. Uh, he also says that there's a martial law in state, mm-hmm. and then later in the film. Uh, right when they get to the mall, they have a radio, and it says martial law in all these cities. Now he is specifically referencing Philadelphia. Yeah, because that's where. So that also sets the location is uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and then they get to uh, the zombies. Uh, eat their or the, zombies is never is never used. Is that until later? Yes, but they uh, they, they just, eat their, their victims. The dead. Okay, they, well here are the rules that I got. So initially, like the dead are rising. It's infectious, and, and, quote, like, the people it kills get up and kill. Um, they kill for food, and the brain is a kill shot. That's how you stop them. Yes. Those are the rules that I got initially. Also got that rescue stations were knocked out, and specially trained units I was, I was talking about Guard. zombies, though. Like, oh, uh, okay, but I'm saying but exposition. Other stuff, yeah. So, and then, during all this exposition, go back to the music, it's this really, like, heartbeat-esque, like, yeah. bum, bum. Bum, bum. And it's just really, and that's, and I think that begins when, like, when, when the main, uh, uh, I guess, guest says the, every dead body becomes one of them, and it's just like, bum, 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 yeah. and it's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And it really starts racketing, or, like, racking up the tension, and you're just, and you're just kind of, th- and the audience members just kind of, the viewers just thrust into the middle of this chaos, and... I also think that this opening segment, we are introduced to our two main or two of our four main characters, uh, Fran and uh, Stephen Flyboy. Which, uh, but this is mostly focused on Fran. And what I got from the introduction of Fran from this is that this is a strong female character, and she's, a, is, and she's a genuinely good person. Yes, I was I was going to get to that as well. Um, but it's the. I think the most important is that she's a strong female character because, and especially in the beginning of the film, because most horror, uh, especially old, like classic horror, or quote unquote classic, the it, there's always heroines and they're not exactly strong. They're kind of there just to be chased by the monster or killer, and they're just there to be rescued. But then, but then at the end, well, I mean, that kind of depends because then you have you know Halloween. Well, um, in the beginning of the film, at least, they're not very strong. I haven't seen enough horror to really comment on that, but I I see what but, you mean uh, though. I mean, but I mean, even well, okay, we'll get to it. But but she's a strong female character, character, and she's also a genuine good person who actually wants to help people because everyone in there in the studio is uh, quote unquote flying the coop. They're leaving, and she's one of the only ones that is staying. And so what I got from her like as a strong character is uh, she's cutting their rescue stations, kill the supers, and the people that are running the show are saying, no, but the Gibbons wants them. I guess the the producer of the well, show. She's cutting she them. says, see, like he, you can send him to me. Well, she's as cutting them. I'll deal she's with cutting this. them because half of them aren't even open anymore. Oh, yeah. And I she's know, like, oh, she... we're not going to send people to die like to these stations don't even work. So it's like that's what I was like. Oh, okay. She's she's a really good. And and the other people are like, oh, like you know, she you know, she wants to do her job to serve the public. Yeah, which is what she wants to do. And like, and but the guy was saying like, oh, like you know, 
you know, the more stations you turn off, the more people are going to turn off the station, or to, like, to watch, and so we'll lose viewers. And I'm like, come on, man. Oh, and then she says, are you willing to murder people mm -hmm. by sending them to knocked out stations? And he doesn't give a shit. But, but she doesn't leave, which is the point. And she's just, actually, and she's actually, like, trying to listen to what's, what the, uh, the debate is, is saying, which is, uh, which it means she is in tune with what's going on in her uh, surroundings, and and soon after we get the introduction to Steve uh, or uh, Steven, uh, Flyboy, and I think this pretty much sums this character up pretty quickly. Uh, he wants to run, which is a pretty sensible thing. I mean, everyone else is running and things are getting really bad, and he says his first lines to Fran are, "We're getting out." Uh, we have to survive. Meet me on the roof. Don't make me come looking for you. And then this is when Fran says, no, we have to stay. We have to do our job. Yep, and, yeah, well, I didn't really I didn't really take too much notice to it. Like, yeah, that was just his introduction, and, um, yeah, we need to get out of here. But then but then she's, then the guy was like, oh, don't worry. Like, the emergency broadcast stations are taking, are going to take over, like, you know, a couple hours, so, you know, get out of here anyway. Our job's done. Yeah, and so then they leave. So, yeah, and the, yeah, and then we transition... Into the next segment, uh, the projects, which um, I get sorry to interrupt, I guess, but I think I just wanted to point out that like I noticed a couple controversial, you know, types of scenes that are added in here, and this was the first one that I kind of picked up on is like the they're loading on the roof, and the guy, the shot, the big fat guy with the shotgun, Willie, he's like such a racist, like saying you know racial slurs, it's, and, and it's stuff, not even and, it's not even like. Uh, like subtle, <laughs> but it's it's pretty. I mean, it's not supposed to be subtle. It's but, pretty in your. But face also, I think the it. fact that like he's just running in guns blazing into the projects, just blowing people away with the shotgun. Like, I mean, well, hang on. Let's let's get the like the the beginning of that because that yeah. that beginning of that scene is very important. Yeah. So I, I was about to go on a tangent. It's um. So we're at the projects. Uh, this goes back into the exposition of specially trained uh units. Uh, I guess they're uh. Philadelphia Police special unit, but they're breaking into a project that are housing undead zombies. Now this took a little while to under fully understand, but because uh, I, I I thought it, when I first saw this film, I thought it was just a, a uh, like just SWAT. it was like SWAT just busting it like a like a raid. Yeah, and it didn't too. and it didn't occur to me until the end that they were housing just undead, which goes into like which is what you're not supposed to do that. But so. This is also our introduction to our third main character, Roger. So, he his introduction is he's watching over the rookie. The he turns to the rookie and says, "You get like okay, you're you're Roy, right? You got to stay cool." He's calming him. Just watch, like stay behind me, and I'll watch out over you. He's watching over his guys, and. That comes to immediately uh, get shot. In the head. Yeah, the guy, <laughs> the first person that is killed on site is the person he is watching over. But he, it establishes that he's watching out, and it's also like, wow, like the stakes are real in this in this world of like, because most movies or most films they introduce a character. It's like, oh, okay, like stay cool, like you, like we're gonna be, like it seems like they're gonna be buds, and then and then they kick open the door and he gets shot in the head almost immediately. <laughs> But this now this scene is also it's really show because the last scene is just setting up everything in the film, and this one really showcases the violence almost yeah. immediately. We're like f 
10 minutes into this movie, and they bust out, a guy gets shot in the head, um, actually, I think, I, I actually took a body count for this whole segment, but let's just go up on the, so we have the Mexican hoods on the roof, um, or the hoods on the roof, that's at least four or five, Roy Tucker, who's the, um, the other police officer, gets shot in the head, like the, the rookie? Yes. Okay. So that's, like, seven people in a span of 30 oh. seconds. And and then, now let's get to the character of of Wooly, I believe is his name. It was really unclear. Wooly or Willie, sh- something like that. I think it, I believe it's Wooly, but okay. the racist cop that Brian had mentioned earlier. Yeah. So, go, what were you saying about... Well, I, ju- I mean, it was just controversial that the fact that it's like this guy, he r- literally runs into the building, you know... You know, caution be damned, and he's just literally blowing everything in sight with a shotgun. No, did that didn't really make too much sense to me. But um, well, also before um, remember the the big, the really nice squib effect where they like shot the blew up the dude's head. Like, was that guy a zombie or no? I think okay. okay. So okay, so what happens? I don't think so either. Is that Wooly? Um, uh, he is he's going in the house into this project, and he is shooting anyone. He is crazy. He is taking enjoyment out of killing all these people. Um, so, he, uh, and the big, this is like the, one of the shower like, psycho moments is he runs down the stairs and he turns to a door, he kicks it open, and he shoots a person in the head, and their head, it's like scanners. The head just goes boom. It's more of a quick shot, though. Yes, but, it's but very, you could tell a head blew up. But so, what, okay, so to answer your question, I believe that was just just a, a, gu- a, a guy. quote-unquote guy. Okay, so that kind of leads me into the next thing, is that this the overarching theme that I picked up of this movie, one of the themes, is that he, even in the zombie apocalypse, humans are, you know, the the most dangerous game, I, you know. Um, well, I feel like that, I mean, I feel like, that's like in any movie. zombie movie, it's it's never the zombies, I think the, no, it's never the zombies that, they're, they're more like obstacles that, or they're, they're, they're there to like push the, um, or they, they kind of like add more stakes, um, but it's always the human aspects, I mean, that's the whole point of The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead are not the zombies that yeah. are walking, it's, it's them, it's the human, it's, it's what the living become, they just become Walking Dead, and, um, and it's it's always like I mean you can think of other zombie movies I mean think of like Twenty Eight Days Later, it's it's all that is just a a character driven um, plot I mean the zombies are there but it's just like okay we have to be extra careful and they do add stakes but in the end the villain is, is the military they're like it's like society what's well, pretty much the villain I see in that movie is like the the government essentially because they created this type of you know, uh, disease, it's, because, you know, we know but, they're not technically yeah, zombies, the, but, but it's the disease, it's like heightened rabies or yes, something. Yes, but the, but the point we're trying to get across is that it's never the zombies that are the true villains, it's always some other form but there of are, society. But, you, like, even in shows like The Walking Dead, or even in, like, Day of the Dead, where the zombies are more than just an obstacle, obstacle though. Like, they are, like, a very huge threat, well, though, but also the human element is a very crucial component into... You well, know, that's struggles. what I was saying. I feel like that the zombies are more like obstacles, like, the, like in Day of the Dead, there's an exception with Bub, 
the zombie who has cognitive. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't. He's he's more of a good guy though. Yeah, but he uh, yes, but he. But he, but like, I just feel like the zombies are more like obstacles. Yeah. Throughout I mean, the I whole, agree. throughout the mall, when we get to the cleaning at the mall segment, like, our notes are pretty scarce because it's just them yeah. wiping out zombies. It's they don't really they're add anything. Useless. They're just they're they're li- like they're just obstacles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they have to overcome. Yeah. Um, but but let's get back to the brutality of this whole scene. Uh, Wooly kicks down a door, blows off a. Uh, a a random person's head, and I'm pretty sure it's it's screaming girlfriend or whoever that is yeah. kills her too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off off camera. Uh, mentioned. I want to mention about that. Uh, that kill. Yeah. That was a bust of Galen Ross's head Who's because that? the film. We'll get to it. Who's Galen Ross? Fran. Okay. I I don't know the actress. <laughs> the only other actor. woman in the. I main... just don't know the names of the actors and actresses. Okay, it doesn't matter. But um, she uh. The film was originally supposed to have a much darker ending, which we'll get to. Yeah, we'll get to it. Because I want to know whether or not you like this film's ending. Because yeah, I don't, I don't know what that alternate okay, ending would be. Well, th- um, so we'll get. So to th- they made a bust of her head, and they, <laughs> I guess they ended up saying, or maybe they just made a, they just used it because they had it, and they put um, uh, a beard on it, and they made it uh, a little darker skinned, and they filled it with um, just. I, I, Tom Savini goes, oh yeah, we just filled anything in the crash table in there. Just anything that would splatter when we shot it. And they ended up shooting it with a real shotgun. Uh, again, it's kind of like, it, it remi- I think like scanners reminded me of that. because it, And like, practical effects are always the best. Because it's just like, that head is gone. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and it, it just looks awesome. Like it's real. Like, it, 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 yes, it, it's real. And so, anyway, that's just that little tip I thought um, was fun. And then, and then we get to the intro of Peter. Um, are you know, uh, you know the the fourth and final protagonist in this story of yes. the main group. Roger tries to stop Wooly from killing everyone, <laughs> and no one else seems to stop. Everyone is acknowledging that Wooly is going apeshit, but no one tries to intervene. Which, I guess, granted, in the situation, they're all trying to deal with, like, trying to get the situation under control. But everyone's like, "Man, he's going crazy," and and I think this goes more to the characterization of. Roger, he's just like, Wooly, you need to stop. Like, you're going to hurt someone. And then Wooly just disregards it. He throws Roger off him, kicks down a door. And then Peter, uh, you don't know it's Peter yet. You're not introduced to him. But a big, mysterious, like, 6'5", guy who's towering over everyone, uh, holds up his gun and sa- and pretty much tells him to stop. And then... He shoots him in the back. And then shoots him in the back. And then he walks off screen. And, you're and then he like, says, like, you guys didn't see that. And then walks away. He doesn't um, say it, but he gives him the look. Well, just like, you didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then he walks away. And then another another brutal scene. Um, there's and it also it starts. You get really graphic zombies. This is like one of the first zombies we actually oh, see yeah. in the film. Is an amputee who's missing a leg. Half his face is gone, and he starts crawling towards uh, uh towards. There's three cops with uh, two other cops with Roger, and one is crawling towards this young guy. And then they start like he can't shoot. You know, it's very. Tension builds up, you know. Uh, Roger and uh, another cop have to deal with another one, so they can't help the guy. And then, long, and then basically, they, <laughs> kills the zombie. And then they throw her onto the couch and emptied their clips into And her. then the other guy ends up killing himself. He kills a zombie and then shoots himself. Yes, which but is pretty... It just holy sh- shit. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then we get to the cellar, this, the cellar scene where, you know, Roger and Peter first, like, officially, you know, meet. Well, okay, I want to... 
Oh, okay, no, let's go into that. Yeah. So, um, oh, well, you're missing a bit, too. Um, so, there's that whole segment where Roger and, like, all the cops, like, those two other cops are having issues. Uh, a quick little thing, in the European version, they have, it, it kind of is another building character moment for Roger, but, um, right after they pretty much execute or execute uh gangland style that uh one female zombie on the couch the guy runs away and you never see him again well in the um in the european version roger comes over like the guy is, ends up like is at the door frame he didn't leave the room and roger walks up to him and says hey man are you okay so he's consoling him the, the, the guy he helped out yes okay and it's it's not very long and just another humanizing it's moment. A, yeah, it's another humanizing moment for Roger, which makes his demise that much more kind of wish they kept that. Yeah, I do too. Oh, it was just a little... It's it's literally like five to ten seconds long, but it's one of those things. But anyway, um... So yeah, now let's move into the, uh, cellar. Yeah. Um, I... I mean, it's basically, you know, Roger's getting sick, he can't really handle it. and then Peter, and then they meet Peter, and then they're... It's kind of interesting, their first interaction's a standoff, like... Yeah, you know, you didn't see that. Like, oh, it's like I didn't see. Well, you I was kill gonna him. say, it makes me not trust Peter because he just he, he's like, you're not the only one down here, and he comes out and he points, it, and the first thing he does is point a gun at him, and they're and yeah, and they're, it's a standoff, and it's makes him more of a mystery, and I don't really trust him because you're like, who is this guy, and um, he's very stoic, like. Right after, like, they, they, they kind of, like, okay, like, we didn't see how Wooly died. They kind of sit down and they have a smoke. And it's, and and then this, and this is when Roger says, hey, do you want to run with us? Which, which I, which is kind of weird. I guess maybe he thought Peter could handle himself, so he's like, oh, maybe why not come along? And you're a police force. I yeah, the, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, like, we're kind of brothers in arms, you know, you want to yeah on and, the ship. And that's just... Yes, that's but just I think, that. But I think the very interesting part was immediately afterwards, they, the priest, like the one-legged priest comes by, and um, they're saying, like, you know, I th- the main thing that I took away from that is what he said is, we must stop the killing or lose the war. And I think that's ultimately the theme of, like, you know, I think, uh, I mean, at least humanity as a whole, but at least in this movie, um, that it's further exemplified later in the movie with like the mall and the looters, but we'll get to that later. Yes. But um, I now, find it, I found it very interesting that he said oh, it so early on in the in the movie. Most definitely. Um. Yes, that's. I mean, it's it's a it's a very it's an interesting scene, and and it also gets them to now the priest was also giving in the next room are a pit yeah. of zombies now. We also didn't mention it's a it's a pretty creepy scene how they get into that it's like a cellar it's like. Uh, another, I guess, another cellar, and the door is blocked off, and the cops bust it down, and then zombies just come flooding through this little area, and I got a little claustrophobic, because it's just like, yeah, it's like they bust the door down, and then these hands shoot through, and then you get the zombie, the zombie noise is very animalistic, which we get to later in the film, because there's, um, a scene when z- when scientists are talking about the zombies and they're essentially saying that they're just animals. Yeah, and it's and here it's really exemplified because all you hear is like, rawr, rawr, and well, it's just I just took that as like it's just zombie typical zombie. Yes, but moaning. I just thought it was is creepy. And then they all pile out and they're like running up the stairs, not <laughs> they're shambling up the stairs and 
Oh, it's I didn't creepy. realize I was. I was. I thought that was just like a cut scene or something. I didn't realize. That I was thought insane. it was. I mean, I interpreted it as it was. Mm-hmm. It was that. It was that um, staircase because next, Roger and Peter go into the room and they find just just zombies all in this one area. And now I took note in this film, Peter gets all of the emotional kills, hmm. like every single kill. That's like. Like that, you feel like really that you're like, wow, this is really difficult to watch. Peter's the one that gets them. Now, this is the very now, this is the very first emotional kill because he is shooting. He's seeing these people, and he understands that they were once people, and he's shooting them in the head to, I guess, kill them. And he begins to cry. Really? Throughout it, yes. You get you can see tears like down his eyes. But oh, I totally. But even if you didn't see the tears. Well, you can tell I, it's a very heavy he, scene. Well, he's though. crying. Uh, you can see the tears at the end of the scene. He's wiping his eyes. But even without those tears, you can tell that he is struggling to do this. He's wincing as he shoots each and then, one. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and, then, then, and then Roger helps out at the end. Yes, that, and then this scene also, Roger, it, it showcases that Roger and Peter, I guess, are like friends. They already have a bond. Like, they, yeah, they have, point. Their bo- yeah, their bond is established because Roger, as, as Peter is reloading, Roger comes and finishes off a zombie. And Peter's having is... trouble with it, too. You can tell, like, he's kind of struggling. Like, as in, because the emotion of the scene, he's kind of, oh, like, yeah. struggling with he's it. Going and then Peter just comes and in and helps Roger out. comes in and does and, it. Um, and so then, and then, so that's pretty much the end of the scene, and then we cut immediately to um, Stephen and Fran in the helicopter, and, and then basically there's just the group meets up. Nothing really too special about the scene, except there was a really funny gag that I caught. Like, the guy's, like, the, the cop who isn't part of the group, he's like, got any cigarettes, guys? And then they're like, nah, nah, sorry. They kind of offhanded remark. And then when they're flying away, they start they all start smoking cigarettes. Yes, especially Fran, which is... Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I made a note of that later, too. Well, um... But, I, not yeah, like, I didn't really have many notes about that. I just, it was funny. I was yeah, like, hey, that's I, funny. I did, it was just kind of like, yeah, it was a thing. And then the extended sh- version from the the shootout when Peter and Roger in the cellar is a little bit longer. They shoot all the zombies. And I kind of like that. I wish it was in there just because Roger is also struggling with it. Not as much as Peter, but he's also struggling with it. He's wincing as he shoots. And the scene at the police dock, it's, I mean, it's rightfully cut. It's just the police come out and they say oh what are you doing here and then roger and peter show up and so not important the the t- this it's kind of a a uh, more characterization for roger i feel like a lot of these cut things cut scenes were for roger because immediately roger steps out and says and he diffuses the situation almost immediately oh, okay and um so yeah, that scene is cut. I mean, that scene is it's it's it's, it's okay. I mean, it doesn't really Yeah. It's 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 notable because one of the police officers is one of the main characters in Day of the Dead. So it's kind of like um the I don't remember his name, but he's the one that says choke on him at the end of the movie when he's like getting his guts ripped out. He says it? Yes, he's like the one he's the one with like the main pistol. It doesn't matter. He's in the film. Oh, like the jerk one? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I wish it's it's kind of like a, a it's like It's like a connecting you see, you movies. See, well, no, not necessarily. Kind of, isn't or isn't the same guy? No. I would assume not because this is police and Day of the Dead takes place in Florida or like in the south. I mean, and it's and they're military. I can pretend and he's not military. <laughs> I can pretend. Um cuz I really like that evil character and but in Day of the Dead. Yeah, but, but anyway. Uh, so anyway, um, so they, they fly out, and yes. I want to take note of a shot. Um, 
it's when they fly out and the and there's the building and all the lights start to yeah, look off. That and too. I took that as civilization is now well, it's after, starting. It's not completely. Yes, that's true. The the not all the lights in the building go off, but it's 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 mine. It's my interpretation that civilization is control. pretty much like crumbling completely. Oh yeah, I totally took it to that too. Um, and then so then they fly away, and this is when Peter and Fran have their moment. Um, they introduce each other. And um, it's established. I mean, it's it's confirmed they're just, they're that Fran them. and Steven are um, an item. And um, so yeah, and then they're flying. Pretty cool shots. Now we move. <laughs> we move into <laughs> one of my favorite moments. A lot of people's favorite moments. And what's okay? So the moment is they fly over. I guess. One of the, the countryside. They're thirty minutes outside Harrisburg, yes. so like the sticks of the middle Pennsylvania. of Pennsylvania, and they sit, they look down, and they see um, country folk, rednecks. I don't want to country folk uh, <laughs> hunting <Hicks>. zo- <laughs> country folk <laughs> um, <laughs> hunting zombies as its game. Now, this I believe is when the commentary that um, Ramiro has is really starting to kick in. So, like, they look down, and Steven says, these <laughs> these rednecks are probably enjoying the thing. And then you cut down, and what's even funnier is, Brian, where we live, we know people like this. We live... Yeah, uh, we know they would be like down, that. We live uh, down south, uh, not too far from uh, D.C., but, I mean, I guess they're everywhere, but we know people like this, that... Uh, it's just, they quote-unquote prepare for the zombie apocalypse and they use that as an excuse to buy more guns and and uh and, so yeah. and also it, i like how it's like it's like it's like one big party it's like they get they're getting coffee they're all drinking they, beer they cut down and it's like just i don't think there's any music going on no, there it is. might be there is but, took no, no, no no like no before the country uh bumpkin like stuff starts pl- the country band- folk the the um banjo music starts playing i don't know if because the the music in this film shifts a lot and i know you but this took is note ju- on this, this is just the comedic break i just took it as a scene <laughs> and it's rightfully so because well also during the whole montage like the partying and stuff um it, the the i actually paid attention to the um to the lyrics of one of the songs like the more country like song and it says i'm a man i'm a man Life can be the center of attraction, and it's like, I'm still alive. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. And they're, like, killing zombies as they're doing it. It's funny, but so messed up. Like, yeah. It's like, these were humans. That, or yeah. These were living people at one point, and it's and they're just, like, shooting them. And it's like, there's a funny... My favorite segment of that is there's two guys in a field, and yeah. they're walking. And, like, zombies are walking towards them, and they're just shooting, like, ah, missed. Oh, I and got that's, him. That's really fucked up. And it's like... And, 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 like, the music is just this hillbilly, like, banjo stuff, and it's, Not like, hillbilly, ban- it's, it's, it's pretty banjo, it, whatever, it's, 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 commu- it's, it, it's fitting, it fits and, the mood, and it's just, like, in the dialogue, it's just, like, people are drinking beer, they're joking, they're smiling, like, it, it's, yeah. like, it's a big party, like, they're totally oblivious to, like, the actual, like, imminent danger that they're all in. Like, this is the end of humanity, and they're going out with a they're like, song. yeah, like, bop, 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 which and- I guess is, like, is a right attitude, but and this not also at all. is like you can never make a film like this today because no, because this is why, um, because okay, there's a, there's multiple reasons. So this the first one is this: the National Guard and police force show up in this, and what they did was they just called the local national reserves and they just showed up. 
And they were just like, yeah, we'll show up for the film. And they were just there. Oh, wait. And they oh, let them film. That was real? Yes, that was real. And oh. then the, the, the mall, they just, they knew someone that owned it. I believe they knew the owners. And they said, hey, can we film the, can we film here? And they're like, yeah, you have to film at night from the closing to opening. And that's your window. That's 70s and filmmaking they just, for you. And they just gave him the keys and said, all right, don't break anything. <laughs> and awesome. then, so, like, when the biker gang comes in, they're actually riding through everything, which Why is... Why that? What? I knew that. I know. Well, it's obvious in the film, but it's like, it's just, they gave him ultimate freedom. You just can't make movies like that anymore. And then, like, all the people, all the extras showing up. I mean, George Ramirez is a local, this was shot in Pittsburgh, and George Ramirez is a local hero there. I mean, if he, uh, what he did was, he just said, we need zomb- we need extras for zombies, uh, we can't pay you much, we can give you, we can feed you, and that's pretty much it, and people showed up, I mean, hell, I would show up, because I, I would, I would definitely be, as, I would, I would do it for five because bucks, and the too. experience, but, um, yeah, it was also just a fun experience, but, and, and so then they get to the, you know, they have to refill, yeah, so we get to the airport, now, that's I don't, okay, yeah. I don't have too many notes on this yeah um it's it's another emotional kill for um for peter which i'll get to in a minute but i think this scene is mostly to set up that steven is incompetent and that he's an outsider and he wants or he's an outsider to the group but especially peter and roger and he wants to be part of the gang but no matter how hard he tries he can't do it he's just incompetent so that he, he just wants to be one of the boys and this this gets into uh, once the zombies show up, he tries. So they all get attacked by zombies. Peter gets attacked and he hits one over the head with a mallet. And this is also, I mean, that was a pretty brutal kill. No, I'm yeah, but, but the next one, he does a so, freaking windmill. So yes, what happens is a zombie is coming at Fran. And this again is where I think like she was she's a strong female character. George Ramirez wanted her to run and scream away like any uh, stereotypical like heroine in these films. But Gaylene Ross said, "No, I'm not going to do that." And George Ramirez said, "Perfect." Like <laughs> I agree. Like uh, after he thought about it, so she's standing there. Granted, she doesn't do anything, which mm-hmm. I think it. I mean, she might as well be running and it screaming because she doesn't do anything in the scene. Than- but, I mean, she's petrified with fear, so I can kind of see that reaction. Because she's, like, looking, like, do I run? Do I stay with... Do I help Steven? And now, this is granted, kind of the first thing she's ever seen a zombie, too. First time. Yeah. I didn't really think about... Oh, like, it, you know, that's, yeah, like, ten but, feet so, away. Yeah, um, I took the... Okay, so, after Peter... Or, Peter. After Steven kills the first zombie, <laughs> he pushes for to run, and he windmills... And he hits the zombie with his armpit, essentially. Yeah. And he falls on his back, and he's like, oh, and he runs away. And it's like, what? <laughs> and, yeah. and and it's like, the sound effect is like this whop. <laughs> like yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a whiff. Noise. It was just a weird kill. Like it, and then and then and then, but then the helicopter. Yes. So well, what, well, Peter or I keep saying Peter. Uh, Stephen and Fran run back to the helicopter where Roger is filling the the chopper with gas, and a zombie walks up. And he stands on crates, and he like kind of makes himself appear to Roger. Roger turns, and the <laughs> the helicopter blades take off the top of his head, like the like yeah. his forehead. It was like, Shoop, and that was a very another like wow. That was another like kind of brutal kill. And as he falls, you can see the um, oh yeah, the the pumps through his pants leg. I think I noticed that. Uh, just because I watched the commentary and they were explaining how they did it. I'm like, I wonder if you can see him. Yep, I can see him. 
But this is also another... Oh, okay, so, and then... Uh, Peter gets attacked by zombies. Now, the first instant, instance is an emotional kill. They're children zombies, which are the only... Well, no, you see another child zombie at the end, but it's it, but these actually like that's are the running end. and attack, and they try biting him, and Peter throws him against a couch, and he machines the, machine guns them down. Yeah. And he, again, is like... Whoa, and he's like, he's like wow. shaken, and... And then we get the logo zombie, which is one of the best designs I've ever seen for... Okay, no, no, no. I take that back because uh, David Medge is the best design for a zombie in my book. But, um... What? Oh, yeah. What are you looking at? Is me David like Medge Steven? Yes. I don't know the actors. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway... Because I, I agree with you because I'm like, that is the best design for a zombie because that is... Uh, but anyway... <laughs> so... Oh, God damn, Brian. Anyway, um... <laughs> so, anyway, uh, well, we also got. I also missed a zombie. P- um, Steven gets his rifle and he starts shooting at a zombie. He shoots. He shoots it three times in the chest, and then Roger comes and puts his gun away and shoots it in the head. And Steven's just like oh, has this dumbfound look on his face. I think it just meant to show that headshots kill it. Well, also that he's incompetent. True. And then he goes, and Peter's in the room, and he takes a shot at... Well, he's shooting at the zombie, but he's like missing. Peter is in the way, and he almost shoots Peter. And again, it's just like, he's trying too hard, he's kind of incompetent. And that's uh, pretty much what I think the airport scene is, just to set up how incompetent of a character yeah. Steven initially is. Um, yeah, and... And it, and it kind of sets up some tension between Peter and and uh, Steven, but, but that, then it kind of goes away. Quickly. Um, yeah, so... And then they get, then they lift off and go to the mall. And oh man, the intro to the mall is really, really effective, and I really, really like it. It's just like a helicopter shot of the mall. You see a few zombies walking uh, in the parking lot. Now I wish there were more zombies. And George Ramirez even has said, if I were to change one thing about this film, it would be add more zombies. Now I hope it would be in the not in the remake of Dawn of the Dead where it's just like shoulder to shoulder you can't walk because I honestly it's not in LA though so it kind of makes sense what the the remake is in LA so that's like just that's a no it's, it's a in like no it's in like Milwaukee or something oh, really yes ah. I believe so but it's been a that while. doesn't matter like it doesn't matter yeah, yeah, yeah. um but I, I do, but it's just, it's effective, because it's like, I like the spacing, because it really gives you depth of how many people there are, instead of it's just like, not a c- cluster, like, mosh pit of people, yeah. but anyway, you get the effect, or the shot of it over the mall, and it's that music, like, bomb, yeah, like, and I'm the like, song? what? Isn't it the theme song? It's, it's one of the main themes used, and they ask, oh, what, it, like, what the hell is this? It's, it's a, sh- it's one of those big shopping malls. Now, this is good to notice. Shopping malls, from what I've read, were really coming in at this point in time. And I think the, um, I think it's Monroeville Mall was the first big, like, metropolis mall, Dude. which goes into his, uh, consumerism, um, statement about people, which we'll get into more later. But just going off this initial shot, it's just. I really like it because the way it's shot is it's like you're in Roger's seat. You can see the controls, and then it's like the camera's panning from the seat at the mall. So it's like you're in the seat of Roger looking at the mall. And like I said, this isn't this intro to the themes of consumerism. And I guess 
more specifically that's later, though. in modern America or in America at that time. And this is the main attraction of this film. And it's just huge, grand, and really cool. Especially, I feel like in today's world... I mean, we... I mean, I've always had... I would always have discussions with people of just like, if you were at a mall for a week, what would you do? And this is like... Em- this movie embodies that. Yeah, um, yeah. I would totally do everything that they did. And it's also... This is like some... I, the most iconic bits come from this part where zombies are walking through the mall the parking lots and it's just and it's it's giving you just and, and like they're walking through the roofs and they're just like oh we got to get out of here no they can't get up here let's check it out and it's uh and then they they break into a storage room they lay low they and and it's it's very interesting because it gives more um also, there's the line. I, I'm sorry, I forgot the line, where Fran they're looking down. It's Peter, or it's man, it's Stephen and Fran, and they're looking down at the parking lot. And Fran goes, "Why are they here? Why are they coming here?" And, oh, yeah. and Stephen goes, "This was an important place in their lives, which is a they don't thing. know, but they remember, and or something along the lines of that." I just remember again. It's said, just like the instinctual drive that these to consume. It's like, oh, I didn't take. Well, that's what that's I. That's a very I interesting it. point. And it's just. They, they, it's like they don't know why they just come back to the mall, and that's his consumer. It was now, a very important place to them. I'm like, oh wow, like a mall is your most important place in your life. Hmm. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of sad, <laughs> but, but again, it goes into the consumerism yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, themes. Um, so le- now, let's like I said, they break into a storage room uh, and they lay low, and this is when, uh. Peter and Roger decide to case the joint and get a look around. Uh, Steven is sleeping. He's getting rest. And uh, Fran is obviously against it. She's the most sensible character in this whole film. Um, as, we, as we get on, I'll get more into that. But she's saying, no, it's dangerous. Why would you do that? Like, we're safe here. And uh, they give her a gun and uh, kind of empower her in a little bit. But then the gun's taken away. But, um... So, uh... They go down, and I, I kind of, I'm just going to glance over the scene, because it kind of goes back to, it, it kind of establishes where things are in the mall. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's a good segment, but it doesn't really add much to the, which, it doesn't really add much to the scene? characters, just the whole segment of them yeah, going it, to the mall, except, except it adds this whole segment from when they leave, and then they come back, and... Well, it's it just I feel like this adds more to the character of Steven in that it starts off incompetent uh, once again, but then he finds yeah he becomes useful where he finds the air ducts. Now let's we're jumping a little far ahead, but uh, Peter and Roger they get the keys, they give the mall life, uh, they turn on all the power, and the mall at this point becomes a, a central character. Yeah, it becomes a character. because it be, they give it life and power and and like and then that wacky that, the, the yeah, weird that music. music. It's just like. It's just weird, like, it reminds me of elevator music, where it's just, like, odd. But even weirder. It's, like, sh- weird shopping music, but... Um, so, yeah, they go in there, they go to J.C. Penney's after they kill some, uh... They kill a good amount of zombies, and they figure I out... Do, and they figure out how to open the doors and stuff. Yeah, and, I do like, uh, the... We've introduced the first running gag in the movie with the assault rifle zombie. Oh, yeah. I, I like that. And, See, now... Um... I, I did notice some inconsistencies because I feel like, uh, 
but I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, like, there's, there's, like, main zombies, which is kind of weird to say, but they actually have, like, credited in the credits, yeah. uh, like, main zombies, uh, like, the assault rifle zombie, he's, like, everywhere. For those of you who don't know, the assault rifle zombie is, like, they're trying to close the door, and he gets a hold of, uh, Roger's assault rifle, and then he ends up pulling it, and they're like, I'll just let him have it, like, it's not worth the fight. <laughs> and, and he then, has and then, it. throughout the whole movie, he's just seen walking around holding this damn and rifle. And he is, and he is the final gag of the film, when yeah. he switches rifle. But uh, rifles, but um, but he's in every scene, and yeah. it kind of bothers <laughs> me because he's he. I mean, not that he's in every scene, but it's just like the consistency because it's like he's in the he's in the mall, and then when they're like first casing it, and then he's outside the mall when they have the trucks blocking the wall. Yeah, and I saw it's that. like him and the nurse zombie, and then he's inside the mall when they're like massive or when they're exterminating all the zombies. But then he's in the final. It's like it doesn't hey, really he make hit, sense. You know, he's me. a favorite. He's a zombie favorite. You know, he gets to survive. Which he gets is to strange pass. to say that, but it's it's in there. But anyway, so um, yeah, and then like Roger kind of gets like more characterization of just kind of being a like the outgoing one. Because again, he's like, oh, like my, one of my favorite lines in the movies is like, well, we're in. How the hell are we gonna get back? And they're like. I don't know, but let's go shopping. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, look at the nice coats. You need a mink coat? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and that kind of, I guess, goes into the consumerism again. But yeah, I but feel that's like awesome. I would do that but... too. And it's like, oh, yeah. And then, um, that's a Roger's kind of joking so. around with it. But then, Flyboy, still, or Steven joins. And he leaves Fran alone, which I thought was totally pointless. And he leaves her defenseless. Which, I don't know if that speaks to the character of Steven. Well, he was going down without a gun, so maybe he didn't think anything was going to get up there. But then he just, finds just, another just, gun. It's just a lead-up to the scene that'll be coming with, with her and the Harry Krishna zombie. Yes. Um, which, it's just, that's pretty much ultimately the point of just which, her but, not having but a gun. But Steven leaving essentially puts Fran in danger, because he leads zombies to her. Which, you yeah. know, it just it's just tension. Yeah, but... Uh, Storytelling. It was a cool scene, but yes, um, but him leaving it it it, it makes him dis- he discovers the uh, air ducts, which is a way to maneuver around the mall, yeah, without being a more safer way of maneuvering around the around the mall. Now, uh, he leaves and he meets up with Peter, and they go back to J C Penney's. Now, a hairy Krishna zombie, yeah, goes back. Now, I kind of I like that image. It's like an image of peace and like. Uh, I, 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 I'm not really too familiar with what they, like, stand for, but I'm assuming it's, like, pacifism and... Yeah, I assume. I'm not I, really... I assume. I'm not... For the listeners, I am not saying I know really what they are. I'm just making an assumption. But, um... But it's just... Uh, it's it's interesting that that... They, that... Like, that... Is the image, thing that almost gets Fran. Yes. is It's, like, ironic. Yeah. And, um... Um... And so... Uh, yeah, and then that that St- Stephen and they all meet up and, and we get another cool kill with yeah. the uh, the screwdriver yeah, the zombie, screwdriver. which they added in there just for a continuity. Um, we mean continuity. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> this is in the um this was explained in the commentary. Uh, so you know, okay. So Roger just takes a random coat and he wraps it around yeah. his his uh yeah, and it's and it's ever it's present and and apparently in a um. Like a frame of a f- of a film when he's throwing his bag in that little cart, it's gone, and so for continuity, they needed to establish him losing it. Hence the screwdriver zombie. Oh, cause that was a cool kill. So yeah, so the screwdriver zombie for the listeners is um, 
they're running through JCPenney, and a zombie grabs Roger, and he's struggling with it, and and he takes a screwdriver. It's like a utility man. So he takes a screwdriver and jams it in the zombie's ear, fills with blood. It's a very interesting kill. And yeah. hearing Tom Savini talk about how they did it was very interesting. Uh, it just ended up being like they used a real screwdriver, and then when they used it in motion, they uh, had it like they built one that had like a hollow yeah, tube, with, like, and it going. retracted, and then it filled with blood. What was the blood? What, what did they use for blood? Was it like paint or like I I, I think they just some just weird mix. Well, okay, so I think they it was just some they got it from some company. Some I don't blood know. They use it. It was the just 70s. it was just prop blood, obviously. Oh, okay. But I was wondering. Miro, it looks really paint. D- he doesn't really like the color of the blood. He thinks it's too red. But I think I mean he also was saying it. He thinks it adds like the comic book nature of the the film, which I agree wholeheartedly yeah. with. Um. So yeah. So. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah, so they basically... After, so Fran fights off the zombie. Well, okay, they she, killed the, she the Harry holds Chris it at bay, and then they come back, kill the zombie, and the scene next... Yeah. Well, okay, so, well, first off, Steven tries comforting Fran, and Fran doesn't really buy the idea of the mall, and you can just tell with her look. Now, it, it, Steven says, oh, like, you should see what we got here. Like, this is really... This is a great place, and Fran just looks at him, like, with just utter... Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to describe it, but it's just this is not going to work. And and then and then comes the next scene where Peter reveals to the group that Fran has been is either she's pregnant, um, either three and a half or four months along. And well, this scene okay, this scene is very important in that the idea to take the mall is proposed. Um, the, the they're listening to a radio where essentially it's society is still crumbling. Um, well, society still exists, but it's crumbling. Yeah. And then again, Brian, as Brian mentioned, uh, Fran is pregnant, which is ne- and, the, and they're like, oh. controversy, you know, number three. Uh, uh, do you want an abortion? Yeah. And and I just it was really kind of creepy. How Peter was like, he, I know how to do it. Like, do you want to do this? And it's a very realistic thing to think about, but still very a child eerie. Child zombie apocalypse. Very eerie, nonetheless. Um, but then, what really kind of makes me like kind of cringe a little bit is because immediately after, uh, Fran is seen smoking a cigarette. Now, I guess I don't really know what how health was. You know how they viewed. I know smoking was always a big thing, especially like in the seventies and. 50s and 60s. Maybe they didn't know. I don't know. But I don't I'm not know. Gonna I, don't, make... I don't know if they knew that it like was really bad to do while pregnant. I don't. They had to have. But it's a very. I mean, we're we're young guys. Like we we were born in the 90s. We I, we obviously don't know about the yeah. 70s and how they view. I mean, it was more lax, obviously. But we d- don't. It's know. still very. At least in a modern perspective, like oh wow, that's very very messed up. Yeah, but. It, and this also goes to Fran is opposed to that idea. She's like, no. She and this more reinstates her as a strong character, where she won't succumb to the female stereotype, where it's she's she's gonna fight it. And um, now we get the next scene. Um, I guess they went back and got more stuff, and they have a TV now. And there, ex- there's more. Now this is when the idea is we're gonna get trucks and block the exits. Now this is uh, more expl- as they're. D- proposing that idea there's more explanation of zombies uh which is this is also a really cool scene because it's like it's more uh, 
your the camera is up close. It's kind of like a nature documentary in a, in a way. It's just zombies in their habitat, and it's animalistic now that I think about it. And they even say that it's it's more of a remembered behavior. It's a motorized instinct. They're pure motorized instinct. There's little intelligence. Um, they use it's a viral, and they're thinking it's a viral disease, yeah. and they use like tools. Yeah. but it's like primitive, primitive at best. But they also say that zombies don't eat each other. They only eat warm flesh. Oh, that's that's another thing. They they don't attack each other, and because they, they said, "Are these cannibals?" and it's like, "No, if they were cannibals, they would eat each other." But they only attack yeah. the loving. I really I really like um that that uh scientist. I th- I looked him up. His name was like in the movie. It was like Doctor like Willard like Roush. Or something, the guy with the eye patch. I I I have no idea who. I that just really is, like but... that character. Like his voice oh, no. is very. I like his voice. Yes. Uh, just just a little note. <laughs> and oh, I, was gonna say, I forget what I was. Gonna say. I I also like how Ramiro never um he never gives like reason why his zombie apocalypse is happening in Night of the Living Dead. I think they were speculating like there was speculation that it was like oh this is like. It was in the middle of the cold, like, the heat of the space race. I think it was made in 68. I'm actually going to look this up real quick. But they, um, hang on. I thought it was made a little earlier. It was made in 1968. So, a year before the moon landing. So, uh, space race was big. And they had a speculation of it's something from space. Like, a crash satellite. But, in all his films, he doesn't... he doesn't like give speculation. It just kind of happens, and I kind of like that. And these guys don't really know what's going on. And but in here, it's like the scientists are obviously trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So and now, then, and now we get to the truck scene. Uh, well, or first off, I kind of well, yes, it's it's Fran is like I want to be. I don't want to be Den Mother. I want to be part of the crew. Uh, and they explain to her, and again, she's the most sensible character. She's just like, I want to know what's going on. I want to have a say. And at first, they're like. Meh, whatever. But then Peter is like Stephen is just, oh, just like quit, stop, stop talking. Like be like you have your place. And Peter says sides with Fran. And then I guess uh, Stephen gets a little pissed about that. But whatever. Yeah. Um. Because she says she wants to fly the helicopter at that point. That's where that yeah. idea is proposed. Yeah. Um. And uh, which is a great idea. Yes, it is. Um, you should always have a pilot in case you you're need a backup. Pilot. And that's always like Plan B. And that's um, that's that's just. I mean, whenever there's pilots, that's never really brought up. But in, Ramiro brings that up in this and in Day of the Dead, because uh, helicopters are both key aspects to get the getaway. <laughs> um, so this segment is very important in that a it's beginning of taking the mall and b it's starting to show that roger is starting to lose his grip on reality the the truck scene right uh, yes yeah like, the totally. first the first truck he's just like really enthusiastic like yeah we're gonna take well, them I all thought, i thought that was it was really manic like it was really weird how like he just was like woohoo yahoo and i was like oh that's it's really i guess he's just thought like he was, he was before i guess he, yeah it's 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 weird but i guess he just thought he was invincible and then oh, also the music it's very like upbeat and it's like very like stereotypical like seventies. Well, yeah, it's like well, this is when the the music changes. In the beginning, it's like they're there's like the first truck is they're bantering with one another like they're yeah. joking like oh how did you like get into this force you being so big and he's like well it was a midget force I they told me they needed someone to look up to and yeah. like. It's and funny. and then and then they go back and they switch trucks and then they're like yeah let's keep doing it let's keep doing it. and then they get it and then they get attacked by zombies which is pretty interesting like uh conflict but then this is when 
Roger, he gets the, uh, <laughs> the, I guess, the Kubrick stare, or, like, oh, like, God, yeah. where, like, so a zombie comes up, and Peter saves him, and a, and a zombie's trying to crawl into the truck, and Peter's like, Roger, get down, I can get it, and Roger pulls out his pistol and shoots three rounds into his head, and he's just, like, staring down, he's like, I'm perfect, I'm fine. But also... And then, and then he's like, number two, and then he's like, are you okay, man? And this is when the Kubrick stare comes in, when he's just, like, looking, he's, you're looking down... But your like your face is down, but your eyes are looking up. Yeah. So it's a pretty men. It's it's, it's a pretty menacing. menacing look. Malcolm McDowell got this perfect in. But also Orange. Private Pile in. Uh, that is also true. And um, uh, Jack uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. It's it's it's, it's, it's very it's, it's a menacing Cooper, and unsettling stare. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like. Oh, it basically signifies like you're cracked, you know. <laughs> and he's just like, I- I'm perfect. And this is when it really, and like the music is not it's, upbeat it's, anymore. It's, the theme it's, song. it's really, it's a theme, really slow. And it's creepy. And it's it was creepy coupled with Roger mows down a zombie. The 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 blood is on the wind is on the windshield, and he's wiping and it he's away, laughing. and he's laughing maniacally and I'm like, as he does oh, it. Oh shit! Roger's lost his you know marbles a little then bit. He's he's smiling, laughing, and then through he let and then they got the, they parked the truck he's shooting zombies he gets oh he almost gets bit and then they drive away but then he left his like hot wiring gear in the truck goes back and roger gets bit for i guess dicking around he just he takes his time and he gets bit in the leg and the arm and at this point you're like oh no now we don't know now in this i mean for modern audiences we know you get you bit you, you get bit you're a zombie now it's not really established in this universe yet but it's like he's obviously injured and but i think i think roger knows what's gonna happen because he's trying to he's putting a tourniquet on his leg like a homemade fat like fashion one and he says and Ro, and, and peter says we have to deal with the leg or your wounds, and Roger says, "No, we have a lot to do before you can afford to lose me." And now I don't know if he, if I took that as he knows what's happening. Yeah. And it, and it also is established later on because Peter and Roger have a uh, a little discussion of um, like Peter says, "Hey, man," like, and and Roger just says, t- tells him to shut up because he knows. But when they when they come back after this uh peter actually does say because they're they're giving him stuff and fran says can we do anything for him and and peter says uh i've seen a a dozen of these guys bit and they never lasted more than a few days so at that point it's established roger is done for yeah and then uh then we go uh we get the we get the gun show and the taking the mall which is another segment like they take no, they take the mall. They they have to take the mall before they can do the cleanup. True. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, yeah, I guess we can go. It's it's kind of like the last segment. There's not much to it besides it. It reinforces the idea that we that I stated earlier that the zombies are just obstacles. Yeah. They. It's like it doesn't really add anything. It's just them taking the mall. It's it's a it's a key plot point because they get the mall. It's theirs. Yeah. It's theirs and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there is that really awesome shot in the end where um, they're all like looking over their like the work they've done, and there's just bodies th- th- like strewn throughout the mall. Um, and then isn't it like the theme music that like the uh, like the dun 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 
da, 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 like that one, that that theme music, like the really silly. Don't they play no, that? No, that's not that. That's not even played during the cleanup. It's more of I like forget. it's more of like a marching band. Well, okay, so this is when the free reign begins, and this is a really fun segment. Yeah, and it should be a fun segment because it's about to get really dark soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, but it also so, it also like it's literally. <laughs> Every dreams come. It's everyone's dream comes true. You get free reign of a shopping mall. Yeah. And and okay, so let's get to the cleanup first. So this is when like I guess quote unquote the fun begins. Um, they um, it's 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 more of like a marching band. Like we win. That's how yeah. I took it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like da 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 da. Yeah, I couldn't remember what. Song <laughs> and was. and then so and it's and it's shot. In an interesting way, it's a, it's a lot of close ups and wide shots of them just stacking. Tons and tons of corpses on, uh, like, crate uh, carts. And it's just, like, yeah. the, the bodies are, like, stacked, like, four foot high. And then they put all the bodies in the freezer. I don't think that's a smart idea, but I guess there's no other place Didn't to put And they put, put it with, like, food, too, and stuff? Yeah, it, a freezer filled with food. I was like, yeah, okay. You could just and, dump them outside, but... Well, okay, like, off the roof dumping, or something. Or... Well, then you gotta get them to the roof. Well, where and, else would they put them, then? I don't know in a, in a sh- in a in a mall in in one of the stores like f- on the f- opposite. Then you end never of the mall. have to go. You couldn't go to that side of the mall ever again. Cause that's so that stuff. you have a whole mall to walk around in. Would you rather put it in just a shopping mall and close the gates and just like shut the doors and pretend it didn't I don't happen? Know. I have never, or would you put it? With I don't your know food? the smell of like rotting bodies. It doesn't matter because it's never an issue. Yeah, it's literally never. <laughs> so, an issue, so. It, it's like they put them in and they shut the when they shut the light off to the freezer. It's never brought up again. Um, but. Uh, so, yes, yeah, like I said, it's just them going through the mall. They're, like, laughing, having a good time, which they should. They're going to the arcade. They're, like, going through the bank, taking money. They have a funny pic- They have a funny picture, which was it, it was it was good. It's 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 them bu- bu- building more stronger yeah, bonds. Yeah, yeah. And, it's Steven, Steven's getting more, like, acclimated to the group. But and, also like, Rogers. I, I mean, it's also, like... Also it, Rogers it, going it's, it, you, you, you can't help but smile because it's them, like, trying on clothes, getting new guns, uh, outfitting their... Like trying on watches, getting candy. Uh, um, Roger's Ro- trying on a fedora. Yeah, Roger's trying on a little. Fedora. They're going to the arcade. Uh, it's Franny's just, ice skating. Yeah, it's. Which I'm like, damn, like um, that. I, that okay, that's actually was in the mall. Now the Monroeville Mall. I haven't I haven't been there, but I've read and I actually uh, a girl in my uh, high school stats class was her family is from Pittsburgh, and she told me uh, about the Monroeville Mall and. Did and I've like seen renovated? documentaries, and it's changed entirely. Yeah. But the but the ice skating rink was there. Uh, it is now a food court, if I'm uh, correct. Which kind of I don't know. It's whatever. But um, um. But I also when they're getting the food, they're like eating food and stuff, and like Roger eating the olives and stuff. Well, the thing I I noticed though, like you're talking about consumerism, is that um Stephen has like this loaf of bread, and then freaking um Peter has like this like loaf of bread that's like as tall as him and he's like like so I forget what he says but I think it illustrates that it's like something's always bigger you know what I mean oh, that's a good I never really took it like that but that's a good there's point. always something bigger always something better to buy yes and I think the scene is needed because later on they start getting bored with the mall now we'll get into that again but this fun segment like I said it's really needed because the whole film is depressing people getting like zombies getting brutally murdered one of the main character, one of the most likable characters, gets bit in a pretty, and he's like showing pain, and you know he's he's done it's, for. It's basically just it's getting sad. It's going downhill at this you know? point. Okay, so it this the fun ends with them trying to give Roger. 
I guess, like, morphine, and he's, like, writhing in pain, he's screaming, the Steven's, disease. like, holding him down. He's like, almost gone. Like, get the morphine, like, let's go, like, hurry up. And he's, like, and he's starting to sound like a zombie. He's just, like, moaning, he's like, oh, and he's starting to sound like a zombie. I mean, that's Can you just... moan it one more time? Sh- shut up, Brian. <laughs> anyway, um... But, um... Well, I, going with his death, with Roger's death, I think the reveal... Oh, you said... Well, hang on. Before we get to the reveal... Oh, I thought that was, like, immediately after. Well, no, let's let's talk about what his last meeting with Peter is. Oh, uh, right. I've he says... About that. Roger tells Peter to kill him when he comes back. He says, I don't want to be walking around like a zombie. Oh, yeah. And, he, and Peter just doesn't... Like, Peter's trying not to cry. And he also says, I'm going to try really hard not to come back. And I was like, oh, Roger. And he, and he oh. knows. They both know. And then... Now, with this this death is really good because going like what's going on this like the TV's playing and that your uh, your uh, your Patchy is back or uh, oh yeah or um what, John Wayne and True Grit oh I forget crap oh Rooster Cogburn. yeah Rooster uh, Cogburn Cogburn, he's back, something like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's and he's just saying like we have to be really logical about this. We can't be emotional about this. And he sets like, oh, we should drop uh, um, nukes yeah, on nukes. all the cities. And people are like, what? And it's 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 rad- It's it's extreme thinking to yeah. solve these problems. And um, and he says, interesting enough, he says we should feed them, which is what happens in Day of the Dead. Yeah. But um. So, and then, as this is going on, it's, like, a slow build-up of, like, uh, music just starts... It's, like, a single note that starts getting louder and louder, and then Roger, they... He's dead. He... They pull it over, and the... And the reveal of him is... The reveal, when the main characters are zombies, are probably the most effective in the film. They are. So, it's, like, he's... It's it's the... He's in his bed, and he sits up, I believe, and then... But he doesn't even look like Roger anymore. I think that is the best... Um, zombie effect. Um, I know you said oh, earlier, well, okay, Steve, but I don't... Best... Okay, that's the best makeup. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say, the makeup. Uh, st- uh, that, that looks David like- and Madge is the best acting. But anyway... Well, because da- um, Roger looks, like, terrifying. Well, what, like, well, what ha- I think what would happen with that, I think it's something with the prosthetics, but it obviously worked out. But it's just, he looks like an old man, and he just... Yeah, he doesn't just look like, this like frown. Roger. He looks like... He, yeah, his frown is, like... Oh, it's just it's, it's just even longer, and he's got lines in his face, and his face just looks appears longer, and like, he, like he, the flesh now, already like, kind of peeling off. Even though he looks around, I believe that that is still Roger. Even uh, Scott Reiniger has said that, like he's like, I wanted to give that impression that Roger's still in there when he's looking around, but then once he sees Peter and he sits up, Roger's totally gone now this is oh man emotional kill number three for peter wow. that that's really like heartbreaking for me now that like i didn't really i kind of just saw that i was like oh well it's just the zombies disoriented but now i'm like wow that's roger still like kind of fighting and then when he sees like peter like the instinct comes in and that's when he dies wow that's really yeah and then he sits up and then right as the as patchy says like we have to be unemotional and he screams that they shoot roger and then it and then the tv dies down and all the so- sound comes down and he and the guy is kind of reiterating he's like we have to be emotion uh unemotional like we have to it's the yeah. only way and then um after that i guess we can skip through it because again they just start to get bored it's pretty with much the mall. act three the it's final act yes act three starts with roger's death or it, it 
Act yeah. two ends with Roger's it, death. Yeah, and, it, be- and begins Act three with like Fran, like seven months pregnant, and like they've been yes. there for a while. Like they've they've fully furnished the the little storeroom they've been in. They built a and wall. This is really ha- hitting home the consumerism because now they're bored with all these ma- uh, material things, material yeah. objects, and they're just kind of like, Meh, like they're just walking around. Don't they're like it, nothing. Themselves. Nothing has yes. They're the Walking Dead, and <laughs> but they they don't it, like nothing has meaning. But okay, I'll get into this in a minute. But um, um so it, it essentially becomes a prison. Well, but um, I I think I don't know if you're gonna talk about this, but I think the immediately following though, like in their their furniture, they're making dinner, and I can't I can't remember in the sequence of events where it is, but um. There, the the Roger or not Roger. Um, Stephen keeps the TV on and it's just static, and Fran's like, "Turn it off. There's no point in this, you know, crap. You know, no, no one. They're not gonna come back on. They've been off for you know weeks or whenever, however long, and it's not gonna come back on." Roger's like, "They're gonna come back on. We gotta like try at least." And then Fran turns it off, and then Roger just calm or not Roger, sorry. Um, Stephen just calmly gets up. And, you know, turns on the TV looking at Fran, just like, nope, I'm going to do this. And then they sit back down. And I think it's a very, it really reflects the mindset of these two people in that, like, you know, Steven still believes in hope that society is saved. And then uh, Fran just has believed that, you know, society is ultimately crumbled altogether. And I think Fran is right. I, I, I agree that Fran believes society is done for. I mean, I see what you're saying with Steven thinks that there's so like some remnants of society, but I think I I, I you know what no I'll just say uh, that uh, now that I try and say like retort that but no that seems I could get by that I think that's more of him <laughs> doing it in spite of her, um because before uh he proposed to her and she said no, um because it doesn't quote-unquote mean anything um or when it doesn't feel right or whatever the some yeah. stupid excuse she gave um which i guess goes more and i don't even know but um and that makes something much more heartbreaking later on but um i think he i mean maybe that's in spite of her but what you said makes sense as well now friend now this is where i fran wants to leave the mall and and it's this point where they're like, yep, we should leave the mall, where it's like, what have we done? And they start loading up the helicopter, and then Fran is, is, is uh, flying it, and she successfully does it. I, I think that is such a stupid idea to leave that. Now, the bikers come, so they have to leave, but or not necessarily, I mean, they can stay for a little bit, but, like, I think that's such a stupid idea to leave the mall, especially when you're seven months pregnant, and when there's, when society is completely gone, I'm like, like, you have something going there, like, whether or not it's a prison or not, now, I guess this goes into, like, philosophy, I am on the boat of, like, you have a fortress, you have a castle, you are safe here, why would you want to abandon that? For three and, people. and you also you've lost so much getting it. You've lost one of your allies, your friends. He died. Um, but also, you're losing defending your, your, just defending you're losing the mall. Your humanity. You know what I mean? Just having to deal with like killing these zombies. I know it's like they're zombies, so they're not really people. But are even you saying still, you're losing it when you leave the mall? No, no. You've lost your humanity as well. Like you've lost so much of yourself too. 
So, like, why leave? Why subject yourself to the horrors oh, yeah. of, like, going outside again? Especially, now, especially when you're seven months pregnant. Yeah. Like, I, it when really that child is born, like, I'm like, I mean, in the end, it works out because they have to leave. So, it's like, okay, good, they prepared. But, it... it well, I think it was a good idea for a friend to learn how to fly. No, 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 I'm not saying leave, that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that she, like, they, they were going to leave. I think that's not a smart idea at yeah, it all. Wasn't. Yeah, I, I totally agree it wasn't. Um, but... Q, uh, the biker gang? Yes, biker gang. Uh, immediately after Fran flies down, uh, the bi- this the biker gang led by Tom Tom Savini. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they come in and they say, "Oh, they got the mall here. Uh, they got trucks. We're gonna take it tonight." And this is where we get the bikers, uh, telling essentially telling them that we're coming for you. And this is, I I'm trying to find it in my notes. Um. Um. For, da, 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 biker gang. So okay, so the bikers show up, and Peter. They hear them, and Pe- after on the radio, and Peter and um. Peter and Stephen go up on the roof, and they see them, and Peter immediately gets the idea to go down and lock all the doors. I also think that this was a stupid idea. Why? Because, okay, so uh, the rationale was we're not going to make it easy for him. Okay, that's understandable enough, but the doors do absolutely nothing to keep the bikers yeah, out. Yeah, they just shoot it a couple times and, and then they I go mean, up. <laughs> in the, yes, I know exactly, yes, but it's like, it doesn't do anything for him. It just puts Peter, it it's ends just them, up, it's just them preparing. But, uh, it's, it, but it puts them in danger. It, um... It's just an unnecessary risk because the bikers are going to get into the stores either way. Yes, it's like, oh, we're not going to make it easy for them. But honestly, I would just well, hunker down. They're a well... Yes, I, I completely agree. Just stay low and don't make it no. And then if they don't leave, then you fight. And because if they didn't go down there, Steven would not have been killed. Now, granted, he kind of brought it on himself because he's the one that started the battle with the bikers. Yeah, well, that's actually a very interesting point, but, too. But... Uh, which we'll get to in a second. But, so, I think it was a stupid idea to go down and lock all the doors. And, like, and this is when Peter, the word zombie is first used. Yeah. Uh, Z- Peter calls Steven and says, there's going to be a thousand zombies in here. They're going to have their hands full. And then he gives, like, a stupid grin. Peter was smiling an awful lot in this last scene. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, Not right really. I wasn't sh- paying attention. Well, he does. And I think it's really weird. Well, this is honestly but, um, my less, my least favorite part of the film. Because, like, this is where it's, like, it gets totally goofy and weird. Um, like, at some point. No, I no, It's kind of ridiculous. I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I like Tom Savini, but I don't really care about the I get, bikers Okay, well, the thing with the biker gang, I think it really totally emphasizes the point of the consumerism. Oh, because yeah, totally. When they, when they just start, they start stealing they, anything. They, they, okay, they, 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 they just, the like, first freaking cups. Like, it's yeah, like, they, oh, they, come on. I was actually about to bring that up. They, they just start taking cups and jewelry, and um, and it's just like, they have no purpose for that. It's just, they're taking stuff for the for the sake of it being stuff. Yeah, like, and, I wrote, like, are they less or better than zombies because of this? You and, like, know what I mean? and like, like, okay, the Mexican guy... Oh, who's yeah. Who's wearing a big sombrero. He's walking out with, um... A mannequin. A, a mannequin to do God knows what with it. But he's taking a mannequin, and it's like, what the hell? And then he gets his blood pressure checked. We'll get to that. <laughs> that was another weird thing, but... Dumbass. So, um... 
But, um, yeah, it pretty much is, like, they indulged... Uh, well, this is what I f actually really liked about, like, the, the contrast of... Obviously, there's an obvious contrast between, you know, the original group and then the bikers, because it's, like, with the original group, is like, they indulged, but, like, in only kind of what they needed, but also, they also, you know, went over to indulge themselves personally, where the bikers just took everything. Um, yeah, I think it's a very interesting thing. And, like, like, they do it... The original group does it for survival, where the gang does it just because they're selfish. They represent, like... The total, the epitome, the of epitome of human like race. of well, not or, the or human not, race, uh, human race, but like just of like being at peace desire, shit. human desire. Yeah, like pretty much like, uh, yeah, like I guess like in essence, like the worst part of cons or the worst part of consumerism in my eyes, but also the market model for that yeah. for consumerism. Just take everything, buy everything. You don't need it, but take it anyway. Okay, so now and then we get to the point. Where Steven shoots first. Now, what was the point you want? You said he's you saying wanted... this was ours. We found it first. He was yes. whispering that literally as he like. Oh no, shot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh well. And then, and then they all. There's a big fight. Um, they get more into the stores. Uh, Peter, just kind of glossing over because a lot of it is just action. Yeah. Um, and Peter ends up sh killing a bunch of them. Uh. But he not ends before... up he ends up killing Tom Savini. No, he, oh he, Peter, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Peter. he indirectly kills a lot of the bikers. But, but also, but in between this segment, there's like the total comedy weird bit that I find really. This is like the the thing I hate most about the sequence. Like they put like pies in the face and like seltzer. Like they're just like fucking with the zombies, and I really don't like that because it just totally. It's not. It, it just. I, I think it's just extraneous and kind of annoying. I think, I mean, yeah. There's a dude with a sledgehammer, and they, like, literally swing from the rafters and just beat on them, like, on zombies and stuff. I guess, I, I guess the comedy was just trying to show, like, these bikers, like, it just, aren't afraid of the zombies, I, and they're just, like, mess, they're I just think, messing also, with Also, I think the comedy was just kind of, like, a break in the tension, and, like, it's, like, a moment. But it's kind but of I didn't, forced. It didn't shoehorn. work at all, in my opinion. I mean, I, I was kind of groaning. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about <laughs> the pies in the face. Like, come on. And then um, they're, like, stealing wallets and stuff. And they're also, like, the bikers are, like, going to the bank and, like, stealing cash. I'm like, that good is that, that? That is exactly into the, like, and they're just, like, throwing it. I think it's just, like, but... I did like how they're stealing stuff from the zombies because they're it's just like they're just they're, these aren't these these weren't human beings to them. I like before the pie stuff starts, Tom Savini and a bunch of other guys they pin down like an old woman and they take her jewelry and I really like oh, that yeah. that idea. Um, but then the pie start and it, and then it kind of takes away all the tension of the scene. Yeah, because well then it makes them like funny like not funny but not not as uh. I mean, Sadistic. I, like, I don't think I would have minded as much if they were, like, just taking stuff and breaking it, like, taking beer bottles and breaking them, but it's, like, the music is, like, something from, like, a carnival, a vaude, right? Like, a Charlie Chaplin, like, yeah. like, really quick, like, silent film, like, type. And like, maybe that might be there. the intended effect, but it didn't really work, so... I mean, I'm I'm indifferent, I guess, about it. Um, I mean, I'm it doesn't really it. add anything to the film for me, and it doesn't really take. I just groan every time. But, I mean, um, that's understandable. But um, okay, so but then we get to Stephen. As we mentioned, Stephen taking the first shot. Uh, Peter kills Tom Savini, which is a pretty cool stunt. Uh, he jumped from the second. Was floor. that really him? Yeah, it was him. I thought so. He actually he they ended up like stacking like mattresses and anything foam that he could <laughs> land on, and he ended up like missing. Or he like he 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 didn't land in the center. He almost like toppled off it. Tom Savini almost got hurt really badly in multiple occasions in this film. I'm not surprised. But um, 
Oh, there's also the machete through the head zombie. I mean, that's like like a cool kill. There's a lot of cool kills in this scene. Like Tom Savini with the the machete in the head, the knife chops, in the throat, knife in the throat, chops the woman's hand off. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of zombies get a lot of squibs. Uh, it was just cool. It was it was just zombie cool action. Stuff to point out. But um, and then Steven. but then okay, so Steven goes into the elevator shaft, which is where the original like uh where they found the air ducts yeah. from J C Penney's, and he gets shot in the arm by uh, just random. How did they bikers. know he was in there? I don't know. That's a very good point. Because they just go in there and like, I see you. And well, they're they like, oh, he's in ceiling. here. But I guess they saw him go in there, and then they saw the duct open, and they just started, and they saw him. They just took a pot, few potshots. But he gets hit in the arm. He's injured. Yeah. And he jumps down. Now, I never understood when he first originally went up there why he didn't take the keys and the radio. But I'm going to give it for what they do. Yeah. So he goes down, and Peter is safe. He's back. He's trying to, he's in the ducts. Um... Oh, well, okay, we completely missed over what happens to the bikers at this point. Wait, no, no it they happens go away. simultaneously. They away. Well, they all get oh, eaten. Oh, this is like the worst, yeah. like the most brutal part of the movie. Anyway, that's okay. like simultaneously. We'll talk about yeah. Steven first, and then we'll get to the, bru- the, to the, um... The Actually, no, let's talk about the bikers first, because... I yeah, wanna, yeah, I'll, Steven's more important, Steven's so a good segue into the end. Fuck the so, bikers, so what happens to the bikers is they get ripped apart by zombies. And this is, like, the first scene where zombies are literally... Like, they're allowed to indulge on the flesh of the living. And these guys are very much alive when they get eaten. And they uh, rip them apart. Like, they rip One guy, and... they rip his shirt open, and you see them tear open his stomach, and he's like, ah! And then he dies. Yeah, they obviously. rip open his guts and stuff. <laughs> and, then, and, like, and like they're eating it. And then there's the Mexican guy, who which pu- he, who puts his arm in. He did this earlier in the movie, and he's taking his blood pressure. And he has the mannequin. Then the guy says, "Stop messing around." And then he goes back as all his gang is leaving. And then he gets attacked, but he can't escape because his arm is stuck in the. Yeah, and they. Rip I think a- they did that just for the sake of like just a, a cool, kill. cool kill. But they end up ripping his arm out. Like they eat his arm, and his arm is left in the, in the socket thing in the blood pressure machine. And he gets ripped apart. Guys are screaming. It's brutal. Zombies are just chowing down on everyone. Yeah. Really, really cool effects. Pulling guts out of stomachs and. Legs. Really gross. Yes, and now we're gonna get to Steven. Yeah, uh, because that I mean, yes, that was very brutal. But Steven is probably the most brutal kill of the whole movie, in my opinion. So he gets shot in the arm, and Peter says, "Go into the shaft. I'll come get you." And as he's trying to climb with one arm, he's almost halfway out, and the door is open, and he gets attacked by zombies, and he gets bit in the leg. And at that point, you're like, "He's dead," and you can hear him screaming, and it's completely silent at this point. It's and then it's flashing back between him screaming and St- and uh D- and uh Peter running away, and he's just like ah ah and then you can it's a kind of an echo into yeah uh, Peter and then he gets okay so end so Stephen ends up getting bit in the leg, bit in the neck yeah and like in the and he's shot in the arm but he ends up fighting the zombies off and now this was very. It's it's probably the worst. It's the most painful and most graphic. And what really got me was when he was left alone in the elevator. He looked genuinely scared. Yeah, because he was he was like he was just he's, he's like spitting up there. blood. He's, he's spitting like... up blood, and he's just like he's wincing in pain. But to me, he looked genuinely scared. And that just what that got me. And then we cut the Peter. That's the last we see Stephen alive. And then we cut the Peter going up with Fran, and Fran, where's where's Stephen? And she and Peter says he was left behind. I heard his gun. Maybe he's still alive. We'll just wait. And she wants to go after him with a gun, which I thought good on her. But it also made it more tragic because 
the last the last words they said to each other was uh she said what's happening he says we're gonna close the gate and she says steven like don't do it and he says don't worry we're gonna be okay yeah he doesn't he doesn't come back and so and this is when we get the main theme which i think is probably my most is my favorite song out of this whole thing and it's it's where the it didn't work for the um the biker like comedy routine like three stooges whatever it works here completely because it totally changes gears. So you're like, oh, what's going on? It's like really upbeat, like xylophone, and the zombies are, uh, the zombies are back in their domain. Yeah, that, and that's then what I said. yeah, like nature is taking over, and now it's their turn. And then to parade the, through the best store. reveal of the movie. It's a close up of the door. The door, the the elevator doors open, and Steven is standing there gray-faced, blood, his neck is turned. Now, what I really... And he's a zombie. And it's the best reveal. And what I really like about Steven as a zombie is that his wounds from how he died carry over. Yeah. So his, his head is cocked because his neck is bent. And he's, like, clutching his leg. He's, he's clutching... His leg can't move because it got bit. So he's hobbling along. And... His arm is completely straight. And his freaking uh, foot is, like, cocked. Okay, so... David Medge and George Ramirez has gone on record saying that David Medge is the best zombie ever, um, <laughs> because it's perfect. Like honestly, when I, I still can't believe that he d- moved like that. I it even turned my foot look, like watching. I was like, how did he do that? If like, you've seen this movie, try walking like him, and you would realize that he should get some sort of award for this. And the yeah, best zombie walk, <laughs> which he has, and he's rightfully so. It's like. It doesn't look real. It looks like a puppet of some sort. It's and me. like the gun's still on his finger. Yeah, that's another like. It's like small details. He's got the. He's got his gun like. It's like twirling around. Twirling and stuff. around on his finger, and he's and it's just. How does it's just like a human being shouldn't walk like that? And, and like well, in like, the documentaries, if you're not but like not a regular guy. And in the documentaries, they had that came with the box set. They had. It was like, oh, starring whoever, and they had him in his makeup for that. And I'm like, I want to see that interview because, did you see it? I, they didn't show the interview, but it had like, just like, oh, uh, David Amedge, and he's like in his uh, zombie gear, and he's like smiling, oh, cool. and I'm like, man, that's so cool. I want to see that interview. I want to see him go from wa- that walk to like straightening up and being like a normal guy. But anyway, so he's walking, and he leads the zombies to our climax, the memory, he, like the whole, and the reference of like memory, they're driven by memory or like instinctive memory. Yes, he leads them back to the other two survivors, and it's and it's and his and like all the zombies kind of like a high pitched like moan. He is sounds like He's more like guttural. I remember, he I sounds remember like that. he sounds like uh, I don't want to say a tiger, but he sounds like an alpha. He's, it's, like, really low-pitched and, like, a roar. Yeah. And he's just, like, we go this way, and he's leading the pack, and he destroys it. And another thing that looked weird was when he was destroyed, like, they built a barrier. Yeah. So that would conceal their hallway, and he is, like, his face is against it, and he's, like, biting yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't I noticed look, that. It doesn't he's, look like a human, it doesn't like look biting like, it, yeah. It, lo- it doesn't look like a real person would do that, but he did it. And the and then wall they, goes down, and he, and he leads, leads the, pack. the pack. And then I, I'm going on record saying, like, uh, Steven's death, like, when they actually shoot him, best death effect in the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Because when they shoot him, like, the squib against the wall was awesome. And then it's like, that was actually, like, I'm like, wow, that's, like, 
I could see that today and be like, wow, that looks real. And like, and, and then he just kind of sits there and then falls and over. And then falls forward. And it's it's also the best reveal because Fran, the, fr- the look on Fran's face, like, that is the man I loved, father of my child, he is now dead. And, and then Peter, emotional death, number four. Oh, but also... Peter shoots him in the head, and I think he says something like, I don't even know. I forget. But also before, we missed it, he's saying he wants to stay behind before the zombies get in. Yes. He's saying, leave me. I was going to get to that right after he shoots him. So, anyway, uh, right when Peter's walking up the stairs with a horde of zombies, this is when the darker ending comes into play, um, which I wish they just didn't do. Here, let's say say the original ending, and then you tell me the alternative. So the original... Wait, you, like, like we'll go through the original and then you tell me the alternative. Okay, so the original ending is Peter says he doesn't want to go, he wants to stay, he doesn't want, he just doesn't want to fight anymore. And Fran is flying away and Peter's about to shoot himself, but then he changes his mind <laughs> literally Funny. probably the last second before we pull the trigger and he shoots and it's and like the music is the like the music it goes it's from like, like ev- it's literally changes from everyone's about to die in the film to uh, like it's, a West, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's like, like the, the naked scene gun. when it's Rooster like, Cogburn and True Grit it takes the reins in his teeth with both guns and is riding to shoot like three, uh, f- three or four outlaws. No, it's like end. um in Naked Gun, like the music, like in the f- opening scene when he's beating up all like the terrorists and stuff, and it's like da 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 da, and it's like that was the and he's like beating up, he's like literally kicking the zombies, and then he's like climbing up and he like jumps into the helicopter. I got that, like it, it was fun. I got a f- I I laughed. Um, and then, and then, um, they get out, oh, and it's also the end of the running gag of the assault rifle zombie, uh, Peter is about to, like, hit him or something with the rifle, and then the zombie's like, ooh, I like this better, and he, like, throws the assault rifle aside and, like, takes the rifle, and then they, and then they fly away, and then, well, also, at dawn, so, dawn of the dead, they fly away at dawn, that's true, I think it's dawn, no, it's dawn, don't worry, because she says, (laughs) oh, wait, because it was night before, yes, I'm an idiot, yeah, (laughs) and, uh, so, yes, that is the end of the film, now, the alternate ending was everyone dies. Literally, that's it. Peter shoots himself, and then Fran jumps up into the helicopter blades, and then the film ends. What? That was the original. That was supposed to be the original. That's why. Remember the beginning when uh, Wooly shot the. Um, yeah, they made like the, a bust. The guy. The reason they made a bust was so they could throw that into a helicopter blade. That's fucking bullshit. That would have sucked. Now, I think he originally wrote that ending because Night of the Living Dead ended so yeah. on such a bleak subject matter. And I think he actually changed that because he didn't want the story to end in the, so In the original, like, I guess, I'm guessing this was the original ending, the sad one, like, when yes, she kills origi- herself. So, in the original script, was did she learn how to fly a helicopter? Probably. So, well, that would have been so pointless of a scene. No, not necessarily. Because Why? she ends up killing herself because she's the last one's left. I mean, I get... Okay, yeah, but... That would have been so sad, and the baby... I, that's like, the point. That's the point. It's yeah. supposed to be, like, tragic. How was she supposed to get up there? There was no, like, boxes or anything. I don't know. <laughs> you can... Uh, True. You can just throw... I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. She should, it doesn't matter. It didn't happen. I would have just jumped off happen. the building or something. What? I would have jumped off the building. Do, do, do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> they fly off into the sunset, and then we get the best ending credits to the original th- the oh, song. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it the just zombies get their mall back, and it's just like the xylophone, and it, it's perfect. I love it. It's like they fly off, and it's like, dun, 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 and then it's like, dun, 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 and it's like, and it's so, it's like funny, but it's kind of like, um, it's like you were watching like 
a comic book movie. So it's like everything that bad that happens it's is okay. okay. Yeah. It's, it's just it's a zombie movie. <laughs> and then it's like and it's like zombies walking through the mall. They have they actually have what they want in the end. And and then um but uh, the other night when I finished it, I watched it again. Just finishing the notes. And I watched all the credits and the and it the music stops at one point and then it just ends with like uh like um like just church bells it's like ding like the uh, where like the bell tolls i guess yeah it's like ding ding and then it just ends and i'm like wow that like to- again it just totally changed but mm-hmm. i didn't watch the end of the, the it's whole it's okay <laughs> it's it's okay but uh they're not very long credits but so that's dawn of the dead i'm trying to see if there are any other talking points I think that's, I, that's all i have um bikers getting killed is yep that's all i have is uh Oh, okay. So I was—I would say that the ending of the film it shifts from dark and brutal to hopeful because you end like it ends and like most of the time, if the movie ended like that, it would be like um, like there's no way they're gonna survive. But with that music, it's like okay, maybe they have a. And also going off, I guess it's so drastically different. This is why I think of the of George Romero's like. I'm just gonna say like Day Trilogy or Dead Trilogy, whatever. Like like Night of Living Dead. Dawn of the Dead, and then Day of the Dead, I feel like this is the one that stands out the most, even though I don't, I like Day of the Dead better, but I think Dawn of the Dead is the one that uh, is the most individual, because of, like, this, this, like, constant, you know, shift in tone and pace, and, you know what I mean? No, yeah, I, I, the tonal, the tonal shifts are pretty drastic, and whereas Day of the Dead is pretty one note, like, very, no, I don't want to say one note, note, because one note, it's not it's, funny. I don't at know. All. It's it's been a little it's been a little bit since I've seen the film, but I don't remember it being as like just a single note because I remember I don't know, but it, it's it, I I would say that the tone is more centralized in Day of the Dead, whereas this is like kind of like going back and forth. But I think this is more of like it's a comic book movie, yeah. so so it works. That's how it's supposed to be. And and George Romero, at least in his later stuff. Especially Survival of the Dead. It's like, that movie is more of a comedy. And I think people didn't recognize that it was a comedy. Whereas, the, as far as on my DVD, there's like an intro like before the film. And he's like, oh, we ha-, he has to tell people that it's a comedy and not to take it so seriously. Well, I guess because people, I mean, I'm not too, too aware of his dead canon. But like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't these movies like more or less serious? Kind of more interpretation. Well, I guess more on the serious side, where and then you and then he has like a comedy. I'm not saying that's bad. It's not bad at all. I'm just saying like yeah, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, it's except I, I mean just not going off too far of tangent. Survival of the Dead, I believe, was more of a comedy, and it's it's established in its presentation. I'll whereas, check it out because I haven't. Whereas seen this is like, whereas Dawn of the Dead and like Day of the Dead, it's it's really established early on that this is a serious yeah. film. Or like serious quotes, yeah. For Dawn of the Dead. And 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 Survival of the Dead early on, it's it's pretty. It's established early on that this is like, it's supposed to be not taken so seriously. But I digress. Uh, that is a film. So we've come to the end of our very first show, uh, clocking at an hour and forty two minutes. Um, wow, I didn't think we were gonna be talking for two hours. But, um. Let's let's get to our star ratings. Uh, Brian, why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, okay. And it, it just it, what your star your star rating out of five, and I guess a short. 
I mean, if you like, want explanation. explanation. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess out of a five-star rating, I would give this a four. Because, I mean, this is pretty... I mean, Night, Night of the Living Dead kind of excluded, but, like, this really kind of set the, you know, zombie in the modern lexicon of, like, your cinema and what it is, I guess, in terms of, like, our culture. Because, I mean, zombies have always been around, kind of, but, like, these, at least George Romero's movies, like, really kind of define them and set them as their own type of thing. And, I mean, even, like, from the movie, it's a very well-done movie. I had a very fun time watching it. No, Even though I did groan, like, at the bikers and shit, like, I, I forgave it also because it was also, you know, it was also fun to watch, Um, you know, the zombie effects, you know, it's like, okay, they're a little, they're dated, but, you know, it's also, like I said in the beginning, it's it's simplicity that makes it really charming about it. Um, the story's, you know, solid. Um, acting is pretty good. Uh, music, when appropriate, it's very, very on key. Um, and, yeah, I had a fun time with it, so yeah, I will give it a four stars out of five. Okay, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I was afraid you were going to give it a three star um, not that, I mean, I think it deserves better than that, but I am going to give it a 5 out of 5. Uh, I think this is an excellent film, uh, mainly for what Brian had said. It's a lexicon of great, uh, I mean, zombie films, but also great horror films. I feel like it has revolutionized, uh, especially effects at that time. It pushed the bar for what people should have seen, and, and just... Ramiro made a great film, uh, well shot, the story was, uh, captivating, um, and I just, I don't know, I just enjoyed this film so much, and I believe it, it hits so many high notes, and there are so many, uh, there are very little, uh, low notes, yeah. um, I, all films have their, have lower notes, as, I mean, no movie is utterly perfect, well, some are. Not all films are really <laughs> perfect, but uh, this is pretty damn close. And uh, again, I'm going to just say five out of five stars. I would totally recommend this to any viewer. So, Brian, that that's was our we that's our first episode. Did our first real movie review. Awesome. Yes. Um. Awesome. So now this was next. Join us next week. Uh, or next episode for Can Brian I tell them or. What? Can I say what I'm no, recommending? No. Okay, I guess you no, guys. No, you gotta, gotta, you gotta tease. You gotta, right, you gotta make them want to know what they. Gotta, you know, make them want to know what. You Mike, do you, do you like dags? <laughs> yeah, I knew. Yeah. I I knew it was coming. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And we'll get into it next week. So, um, um, thank you once again, everybody. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys, for you know um, tuning in and you know keep keep listening. We'll always be trying to give the best of what we can. Um, do you have like the plugs or anything, or are we doing that? Uh, yes, I'll I'll answer the plugs. Okay. On. But yes, uh, just once again, we want to thank you, uh, Bri- both Brian and I. Want to thank you for listening, supporting Amateur on Tour podcast, and we will see you next episode. Bye, guys. See you guys.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur Tours. If you like what you heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for a future show, please let us know. You can follow us on Twitter, at Amateur underscore Tours, our Facebook page, uh, which is Amateur Tours Podcast, our Instagram, at The Amateur Tours, or you can even send us an email, which is at the amateur tours podcast at gmail.com again the amateur tours podcast at gmail.com that is one word cover design was composed by sarah jacobs you can check out her work at digital adventures which is her, her own personal website uh, opening and closing theme was performed by the cch jazz ensemble which was found using using a creative Commons search once again, we would like to personally thank everyone for helping us in supporting the show. Uh, remember to stay tuned for future episodes of the show, and let us know what everyone thinks, and thank you once again. <laughs>